Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Tyler, age 16, is here for his well child check, and he's accompanied by his dad, Rich. Rich pulls you aside and tells you that he found a vape pen in Tyler's room last week. Rich discussed this with Tyler, who freely admitted that he uses it and he got it from a friend. He told his dad he doesn't use it very often, mostly on weekends and never at school because there they're really cracking down. And he was worried about losing being captain of the basketball team. Rich asks, should I be worried? Can he get addicted to using this thing only if it's on the weekends? What about that lung disease I keep hearing about? Tyler says he doesn't do that kind of stuff, but is he safe? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me is Dr. Susan Feeney, coordinator of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Yeah, the the information is coming to us fast and furious, and um, it's it's really hard to keep up. It it is, but I think we can start at the beginning. So for our listeners, can you talk about what vaping is and what's the current trends in their use? Sure. Vaping is... was actually introduced, electronic cigarette was how it started, was actually introduced in 2006. And um, it came as really a, a, a smoking cessation concept. The original e-cigarettes were not very popular because it didn't really simulate smoking and the delivery of the nicotine. So, you know, innovation um, got, got things going. And now we're on fourth generation of these pens. And they're very efficient at delivering nicotine and giving the sensation of a hit of a cigarette. So, but the fact is, um, in 2016 and 17, uh, we were actually starting to see a decline in in, um, vaping um, in 2014. And then there was a steady increase, which completely um, was associated with these fourth-generation pens and a very aggressive marketing um, of teenagers with flavors and things like that. So we, we see that the trends are still increasing in uh, teens and in young adults. So teens from, you know, middle school, actually, all the way up to age 24. Older adults, what they call older adults, you know, late 20s and older, the trend is actually sort of stagnant or going down. So it really is this younger generation. And... Um, what we've seen is that the FDA back in September said that 27.5 of high school students are current users of these cigarettes. That mean that should just stop us all in our tracks. And that's up 7% from last from 2018. And and the rate in 2017 was 11.7%. So we are seeing an exponential rise in this. Um, and it correlates, as I said, with the onset of these fourth-generation little sleek uh, vaping tools and with the marketing to kids with flavors and things like that. With flavors in particular. All yeah. right, so uh, a huge growth in our adolescent population right. by one in four uh, yeah. regularly admit to vaping, so it's right. probably even higher. Exactly. What are the specific health concerns associated with vaping? Well, vaping, um, you know, there was sort of a consensus that there 
it might be safer than a cigarette. So there was this concept, if you were trying to stop smoking, this might be a nice uh, harm reduction um, alternative. But what we're seeing is that most people who are doing this are people who've never smoked before. So this is harmful in, in that sense because you are vaping, and that's, this is one thing that the AAP, or the American Academy of Pediatrics, is very adamant about. This is not a harmless water vapor. This is an aerosized liquid that's going very effectively into the lungs, and when you heat up the polypropylene and the flavors and the nicotine, you get particulate matter that falls into the lung, um, even with a well-designed tool, okay, something that you're buying that supposedly, and there's no regulation on this right now, um, but so that is, is a risk to these kids. The other thing is, this is a highly efficient nicotine delivery system, so these kids are getting addicted and they're getting addicted quickly and what we have found in the teen brain is as we as our friends in the tobacco industry found out in the 40s and 50s is if you hook kids who are teenage they you've got a lifetime smoker right because they have they're much more susceptible to that type of addictive uh, substance than even an older uh, older adult so um, it, it is becoming quite and and Many of the substance use disorder clinics are having a difficult time getting these kids off of the nicotine. It's almost as difficult as an opioid. So um, this is not benign. Um, and then what I read earlier uh, from the AAP is that the, the biggest manufacturer of this fourth generation um, actually used nicotine salts in their, um, in their product because of it was much higher deposition of nicotine in the lungs. So one of these pods, so let's say where you, you have someone buying a pod that is pre-made, um, it is supposedly equivalent to a pack of cigarettes. One but the pod. One pod. But it's, think about if someone's smoking a cigarette, they probably inhale about two-thirds of the cigarette. You are getting every bit of that nicotine. So um, it is, it, it's really a, a problem. And then we also know it's not just nicotine, is that um, marijuana use is, is highly associated with this vaping, okay? And um, that kids who vape have a much higher use of, of marijuana than kids who don't. And we know that marijuana and a teen, a developing teen brain, there's a lot of evidence that affects cognition, academic achievement, memory deposition, and the like. And serious mental illness. Yes. A absolutely. So um, teen brains are particularly at risk Right. Um, not a day goes by now where we don't hear about vaping-related illnesses. Can you right. tell me a little bit about what that is, since we hear about it all the time, yeah. and the terminology varies? Well, there's been an on, uh, it started. We started hearing about it this summer. We are now up to uh, 1,300 cases and counting, according to the CDC, and they really feel that this is just going to continue to to grow. Um, they the nomenclature is vapey. The 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 names of this disease are evolving, but basically it is a pulmonary injury to lungs that is associated with vaping in the past 90 days. So the people that are presenting with this present with cough, they present with, um, uh, with fever, um, nausea and vomiting, fatigue. So it's a, it's a, a systemic kind of uh, a pre presentation. A high percentage of them need to be hospitalized and some need to be intubated. Um, there has been um, 21 deaths, 
49 states, D.C. and the U.S. territory have all reported cases of this. Uh, the demographics of this are um, basically 70% of these 1,300 cases are male. Uh, median age is 24, but 80% are less than 35 years, and 15% are less than 18. And all of them have vaped within 90 days of the injury. Um, and this is hard to determine, but they believe that 76% uh, or more had THC-containing products in the, in the vape. Um, like 60% had nicotine, and, um, but there was a, and then, but that type of data has kind of been hard to find. Um, and there's a suggestion of the THC or how, what type of THC they're using is, is causative, but they really can't plant their flag on that yet. So the uh, FDA gave an alert that I think most people have, have seen, and um, in Massachusetts, we got an alert from the um, Department of Public Health. And basically, what the FDA wants us to do is you, anybody who comes in with any respiratory, GI, or constitutional symptoms, you are obliged to ask about vaping. Um, and let me just explain what we mean by vaping. It's now gone on beyond using the, the actual vape tool. Um, there's a thing called dabbing, where they're, they're, uh, they're getting a highly concentrated uh, distilled THC, very, very high concentration of THC. That look, they call it butter, B-U-D-D-E-R. And they can put that into the vaping tool, or they can use a, a bong kind of thing, and um, they're getting incredibly high levels of THC. And some of these people who've had um, this disease, this injury, have had, had, that's how they've gotten their... Um, Lung injury. Yeah. yeah. So, well, now we've got Rich and Tyler here. Yeah. What are we going to do? What are we going to say? Um, I'm going to say to Rich, um, there's no safe vaping for this kid. There's just that, that's, even if he tells you it's only twice a week, um, the problem is we don't know. We know that a lot of teens are using um, what we would call black market or street types of things um, because they may not be able to get in through a vape shop or online anymore. So there is no safe product. And so... Um, I would want to talk to him about how to come off of it. And um, <clears throat> not to be a cynic, but I'd also want to say, how often are you really using this? And, and, to f and what the FDA and the CDC have said, do not, you know, if you're a teen, you shouldn't use it, you know. And if you are, if you are vaping, do not use THC. Do not use something that um, you don't know where it came from. Don't borrow a friend's um, vape pen and um, you know, make sure that you know where this product came from. But I would, I would counsel the both of them that there is no safe vaping for, for Tyler. Well, oh, thank you, Susan. I think you're absolutely right. And this, we add this to our list of things we go through when we discuss things with our teens and their families. Thanks again. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. Teen vaping is epidemic. Vaping-related lung injury and nicotine addiction are real health concerns. Counsel your teen's regarding their vaping use, querying how often, how much, and remind them that no vaping is safe. Join us next time when we talk about the new guidelines concerning diagnosis and management of community-acquired pneumonia. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.